15 Minutes with VT Senior Editor, Dr. Kevin Barrett, Istanbul, Explosion, Imran Khan, Assassination, Ukraine, Kherson, Russia, right here, right now, on VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish. Okay, we're on with Dr. Kevin Barrett from the Midwest. I'm over here on the uh, Pacific Coast. It's uh, getting cold over here, Kevin. How's it going over there? It's getting cold here, too. It's, it seems like it's getting cold everywhere now. Yeah, I have a little allergy, so if I sneeze in the middle of the uh, interview, uh, I got my tissues right here. So, Okay, I won't take that personally. Let's get right into it uh, for our listeners and readers. Um, obviously, there was an issue in Turkey this week. Uh, there was a, a, a bomb in the middle of Istanbul. Um, at first, it seemed innocuous, uh, but now it's starting to look like this might be nefarious. And so uh, what do you got on that? What do you know about what's happening over there right now? Well, you know, anytime a bomb kills a bunch of people and, and wounds, I think, like 60 or 70 or something like that, it's it's kind of nefarious. Uh, but as far as who's behind it and stuff, that's always uh, an interesting question. And, you know, I actually have in-laws who are in a hotel just, I think, something like 20 meters from where the bomb went off. Uh, and fortunately, they weren't around there when it happened. So it's, it's, it went off right in the center of the uh, tourist district in central Istanbul, the Medina, and it probably would be an attack on uh, Turkish tourist revenue. Uh, Turkey has become a real uh, tourist mecca, as it were, with people flocking in from all over the place, uh, especially Russia. And that might lead us to uh, start forming hypotheses about who might be punishing Turkey for cozying up to Russia while still ostensibly being a member of NATO. And in fact, if we look at today's New York Times, um, there's a story uh, headlined, uh, Turkey, Turkey accuses U.S. of complicity in Istanbul attack that killed six. The Turkish authorities arrested the woman that they say was filmed by security cameras on the park branch with a bomb next to her. And they say that she came into Turkey from Syria and that she's a member of the uh, Kurdish uh, PKK-linked uh, terrorist groups. And they're blaming the U.S. They're saying that the U.S. was behind this. So that's uh, that's interesting. And that actually makes a lot of sense that uh, Turkey has been playing a double game throughout this U.S. versus Russia war uh, through Ukraine. And it would make perfect sense that Turkey is being punished. This will uh, harm tourism, harm uh, Turkey's reputation, cost it a lot of money. Uh, and uh, a bunch of the tourists killed were probably Russians. I know a couple were Moroccans, uh, like my in-laws who were staying there. Uh, and so this is typically the kind of thing that the American deep state does all over the world. And I'm working on an article about this now that will also touch on the terrorism in Iran and then the, uh, the attempted murder of Imran Khan in Pakistan. Uh, the headline is terrorists are us. I think if American taxpayers knew what their money was paying for, they would be revolted and they might even revolt. Right. Now, now the New York Times is, is reporting on this issue right now. Is that, is that what's happening? Yeah, I was just reading you the New York Times headline. New York Times is, is the, that brand new headline is reporting the fact that the Turkish authorities are accusing the U.S. Uh, of being behind this bombing. Oh, OK. So there's more to come in this one, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's keep an eye on it, and I'll, I'll, we'll touch back, base again and see what actually uh, comes from this, because it's, right now it's, it's just happened, so we don't know exactly all the details, but we're 
definitely going to look into it at VT. So um, next issue, Kevin, with uh, I want to discuss the midterms. It just happened. I know you were a first-time voting Republican. Uh, at least that's what you said on the, on the VT. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I voted for uh, mostly Republicans, starting with Senator Ron Johnson, who I, I admire for his willingness to buck orthodoxy on COVID issues. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, what happened? It looks like the Senate uh, stayed or w- went moving forward with the Democrats. It looks like the uh, Republicans are going to probably take the House. Is that correct? Yeah, it looks like the Republicans will have a small majority in the House and maybe the Democrats in, an even smaller one in the Senate. Most agencies are reporting that this is a, a loss for the Republicans because they expected a lot more, even though that they didn't win the House. Um, but my real question for VT Radio is, how does this affect our foreign policy? We're going to have a split in the Congress, looks like. Um, is that going to affect foreign policy in any way, shape, or form? Uh, probably not, because the Congress doesn't really have very much to do with foreign policy anymore. Even though the Constitution says that only the Congress can declare war, uh, has the war-making powers, and is uh, supposed to have a big say in foreign policy, but the fact is that since World War II, especially, a uh, deep state of unelected so-called experts uh, funded by oligarchs has gradually encroached on the powers of the ostensible government. Now, there's a book by a guy named Michael Glennon. He's an Ivy League professor. I'm forgetting which university. And his book is called something like National Security and the Double Government. And he argues that just as in the UK, the ostensible government of the uh, monarchy was supplanted by parliament and these other institutions, uh, and yet the people keep sort of bowing to their monarchy and pretending that the monarchy still is relevant when in fact it doesn't run anything anymore. The same thing has happened in the United States with our, uh, our Congress and even our presidency. And that at this point, the Congress and the present elected officials have no real say in foreign policy. And this deep state Uh, emerged out of the Wall Street bankers who created the CIA, uh, and they were very much already involved with organized crime at that time. Um, uh, So, you know, the world, the the mob helped us win World War II, and they pretty much stayed in the government ever since. So we have a criminal cabal that's taken over our government, consisting of oligarchs, uh, especially including organized crime oligarchs, and their hired guns, some of whom ostensibly work for the government. Uh, They're CIA people and other uh, deep state people. And then there are the, the, there's the intellectual brain trust that goes back and forth between oligarch funded think tanks and organizations like the National Security Council, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission. Uh, You know, some of those are official government organs and some not so much, but ultimately uh, the people who are calling the shots in foreign policy are really not the people in Congress anymore. And that had already happened before 9-11. But I think 9-11, among other things, it was, it was a coup d'etat in, in two most, uh, the most important senses. First, it was a, an Israeli coup d'etat against the pro-American faction in the United States. And people at Veterans Today, like Gordon Duff, a former CIA insider and so on, they all know that. And that's one of the reasons that they founded Veterans Today. And so it was, it was an Israeli coup against the government. But it was also a deep state coup against the elected officials. Now, Bush and Cheney, I'm sorry, Cheney and Rumsfeld had been working on this for uh, for decades, ever since they were in the Ford administration in the 1970s. 
they thought that the elected officials were just getting in the way and making it harder to run the kind of ruthlessly Machiavellian foreign policy that needs to be run from their perspective. Congress didn't like, you know, MKUltra abuses, mind control experiments on Americans, uh, murders, uh, you know, the CIA running around murdering people, American citizens and otherwise inside and outside of the borders, all of this totally lawless behavior. Congress disapproved of it and theoretically was supposed to try to rein it in. The Rockefeller Commission in 76 and these uh, the JFK investigation in Congress and so on were, uh, and so many other things were kind of getting in the way of the deep state. So the deep state people with Rumsfeld and Cheney uh, being at the, the top. Hi, Johnny, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, me? sorry. I just had a weird uh, computer glitch. Oh, so, okay. so I think those people... Uh, who had, you know, Rumsfeld and Cheney had been sitting at the bottom of missile silos uh, throughout the 80s and 90s, uh, planning on what will happen in the state of emergency that will be declared after a nuclear war or similar catastrophe. And they had planned a whole new unconstitutional means of secession that no longer goes through the Speaker of the House and so on, but instead a bunch of generals and, uh, and oligarchs would seize power after a, a nuclear war. And so they planned this, uh, uh, this what, what do they call it, the, the uh, continuity of government plan. And 9-11, I believe, was designed to put us into a permanent continuity of government state of emergency in which what those few powers that elected officials and especially Congress people had still had prior to 9-11 were uh, completely eviscerated. That was the end of the constitutional American Republic. That's what 9-11 was designed to do. So who we vote for now even if our votes are being counted properly, which is a, an open question, uh, really has nothing to do with the way the country and the world uh, is run. Uh, it's, you know, I, I hate to say that, but we really need another American revolution if we're going to change this. You know, I, I'll be uh, talking with uh, Paul Fitzgerald and uh, Elizabeth Gould at the end of the week. Uh, the issue will be who controls the world now? And uh, so my follow up with you is who does control the world now? Well, I don't think any single person or organization controls the world. I, I think it's just like everything in life is a, people cooperate and they compete. You know, they form one group that cooperates on these issues and competes on those issues. And then they're part of another group that cooperates and competes on different issues. So it's a very complex sort of 3D chess situation. It's not like a, a simple eye in the pyramid runs everything kind of deal. But of course, the relevant players in this game uh, the really relevant ones tend to be few in number. And uh, I'm having weird computer glitches here. My uh, <laughs> bunch of... Oh, really? But, uh, yeah, I, like, can, uh, I can my, see you fine. No issues. No, no, it's, it's okay. My, my, <laughs> I, I'm just kind of laughing. It, it's, it's somebody hacked into my computer and they can turn on my music program and start playing <laughs> classical music. Well, let's hope like it all that. goes well and we don't have any too many problems here. Okay, so the next question I have for you is uh, when it comes to Ukraine... Um, is that what we're seeing in Ukraine is, is a power grab for the future among the elites for control of resources? Is that what's going on at the very top of all of this? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the, at the top level, these, you know, very, these strategists are basically playing a chess game for, uh, for resources and power based on those resources. Yeah. And so, and gas is a big part of it. And Paul Fitzgerald and Elizabeth Gould have done a good job of elucidating that. How I think they, they might've had something out not too long ago about how all wars are pipeline wars and specifically, you know, the destruction of Syria was really all about a pipeline war you know, between 
you know, Iran uh, and the Russians want to go one way and the Qataris and the Americans and the Israelis want to go another way. And likewise, with Ukraine, it's a similar situation where if that Nord Stream pipeline goes online uh, full bore, then that means that Germany gets integrated into Eurasia through Russia. And that's the end of North American uh, power in the world. And North America, again, becomes sidelined, just like the British got sidelined. You know? so, so if you want to rule the world from a little island off in the Atlantic, whether it's Britain or North America, you can't let the Eurasians integrate. You can't let Germany buy cheap Russian gas. You have to destroy that possibility. And that's part of what this war is about. Gotcha. So in, in, in regards to what's currently happening in Ukraine with the, uh, the Kherson issue, I guess that's, uh, I guess the Russian forces are being driven out of that. And that's what media is reporting on mainstream. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, yeah. Russia pulled out of Kherson. They didn't pull out under fire. They made a strategic decision to pull out. And so they've managed to save their people and their materiel for the most part. And this strategic decision to pull out is being cast by the commentators that make sense to me as, as a good strategic decision. But it's, of course, got bad optics. It looks like a defeat. And it's not really that much of a defeat because, you know, the, the Kyrgyzstan's importance has been exaggerated by people who assume that if the Russians were going to go take Odessa eventually and cut off Ukraine from the Black Sea, that they would have to do it through Kyrgyzstan and right along the coastline of the Black Sea. But that's not necessarily true. They could uh, go north and then come down to Odessa and uh, you know, cut off the coastline, that'd probably be easier because that coastline is full of uh, rivers that empty into the Black Sea with uh, steep bays, not that easy to go across those rivers. So going the coastline route to Odessa wouldn't necessarily make sense anyway. So I'm not sure it's all that strategically important. Also, the, you know, Russia is currently presumably building up its forces for a major offensive once the ground freezes. And that offensive, again, it's probably not going to go along the Black Sea coast. It's probably going to be north somewhere where they might cut off the Polish border, cut off resupply for all of Ukraine, uh, or they might uh, go through sort of the middle of the country heading for Odessa, uh, or who, who knows what they'll do. But in any case, this was a, a strategic move. And it wasn't really, a, a, you know, it was humiliating because the Russians, you know, have said that Kyrgyzstan is part of Russia and they still consider it part of Russia and they're planning to give it back. Uh, so it's it's certainly not a permanent pullback. And there's always the slight chance there's a there's been some kind of secret agreement reached that they're going to freeze the border at the Dnieper River and they'll have a peace agreement. That would be nice, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think the Ukro-Nazis and their American supporters uh, want to bleed Russia to the last Ukrainian. They're not going to go for that peace plan. And of course, Russia is not going to settle for anything less than the territory that they've already said is now part of Russia. Gotcha. Okay, and last thing before we go, um, on your new article, Terrorist R Us, you're going to be talking about Turkey, but you're also going to be discussing uh, Imran Khan. Is that correct? Yes, Imran Khan. Uh, narrowly survived an assassination attempt by uh, by the will of Allah, the grace of, of God, uh, Imran Khan, uh, you know, he, sh he should be dead. It was a very uh, professional attempt. They had the patsy. They, they had some guy who was set up to make it look like he uh, was angry at Imran Khan for some crazy religious reason. And he shot from one side from uh, very close by. And then they had a sharpshooter in a building on the other side. And so the patsy started shooting, and then the sharpshooter was supposed to finish him off. Uh, you know, tr uh, not quite triangulation. If they had a third shooter, it would have been triangulation, like with JFK. But you know, they had they had him covered in crossfire from both sides. And what happened 
was that the guy on the neck behind a guy behind the patsy saw the patsy starting to shoot and grabbed the patsy and the gun uh went apparently went down and the bullet hit Imran Khan in the leg instead of in the head and torso it hit his legs so Imran Khan immediately sort of collapsed and as he collapsed the bullets from the sharpshooter shooting from a building on the other side uh whizzed over his head uh where he had just been so it was it was kind of miraculous that that guy uh saved him by uh, by grabbing the patsy just in time to force the bullets low otherwise Imran Khan would have been hit from both directions the whole thing would have been blamed on that patsy and Imran Khan has been very clear about uh, blaming it on the interior minister the uh, prime minister Sharif and uh the, the third who was the third one uh the uh, the ISI uh, chief I believe so the top level really of the Pakistani government just conspired to murder by far the most popular man probably in the entire history of, of Pakistan, with possible exception of Jenna, who founded the country. So that's a pretty uh, major uh, problem there. And of course, behind this assassination plot, behind these guys who tried to kill Khan, these are the people who overthrew him uh, in a sort of CIA uh, electoral color revolution regime change scenario a bit back is the Americans. So the Americans ultimately did this. Our tax dollars uh, were pay, used to pay for these assassins who tried to kill uh, the first honest politician maybe in the history of Pakistan, a really decent guy and a friend of, uh, of, of ours here at Veterans Today. So it's an outrage and uh, you know, we should, we should stop our, our leaders from doing this. Our, our deep state is the most destructive force in the world. You know, we have these public myths about how horrible Hitler was back in the 1930s and 40s. We're a million times worse. I mean, what, what the U.S. leadership has done since World War II is just off the charts worse than anything Hitler even ever dreamed of doing. And we're paying for it every second. And we're brainwashed and dumbed down by our media to, to go along with it and become complicit in it. And when we pass away from this earth, we're going to be asked what we did to stop this horror that has been going on in our names throughout our entire lives. Awesome. Kevin, before I let you go today, um, I want to ask you, how can the readers and listeners that are watching this and listening to this best support your efforts, what you're doing? Let us know exactly how to do that. Uh, is there a way we can donate some money to you? So to donate to what you're doing, help you in, in what your, your causes are happening, where do we find your stuff? Well, thanks, John. Yeah, Substack is the best place. So my Substack is kevinbarrett.substack.com. And you could also find your way there by uh, going through truthjihad.com and then clicking on the subscribe at Substack link. Uh, and I have been slowly growing my Substack and it would be nice to you know get it up there uh, a little a little higher. Uh, and I do put most of what I do there. Yeah, you know, one of the things, I, a feedback I got this morning from one of our listeners was he enjoyed the fact that we have no BS advertising and, and none of this nonsense of the commercial stuff. So, but on the other hand, you know, we, we do put a lot of work into it. So anytime a listener or reader, if they like what we're doing, you know, if they can stand up and support us in any way, that really helps a lot. We have, you know, server costs and other things to pay for, you know. So if you're listening out there, please, uh, you know, uh, reach out to Kevin, check out his Substack and check it out. Okay, Kevin? Okay, and support veterans today. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Kevin, have a great weekend, a uh, week, excuse me, and I look forward to seeing your Terrorist R Us article and uh, you know, try to keep it warm out there. Is it, is it Wisconsin, right? 
Yeah, I was Siberia, Wisconsin, someplace like that. <laughs> Siberia, Wisconsin. I've heard of that place. Okay, Kevin, have, have a great day. All right. Yeah, take care, Johnny. Bye. If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.